The AFC and NFC Championship games are now set. We recap divisional weekend and preview the championship games with New York Post football columnist Steve Serby. We are also joined by former Ravens receiver Kadri Ishmael to break down what happened to Baltimore. And we chat with former Packers linebacker A.J. Hawk about their win and a look ahead to their matchup with the 49ers. All that and more next on Gangs All Here with the New York Post. You play to win the game. Welcome to Gangs All Here, a New York Jets podcast with the New York Post. I'm your host and Jets beat writer, Brian Costello. You can follow me on Twitter, at Brian Cos. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your pods. Steve Serby, Kadri Ishmael, and AJ Hawk join the show today. Let's talk some football. I'd like to welcome in now New York Post football columnist Steve Serby. Serb was at the Baltimore Ravens uh, t- Tennessee Titans game on Saturday and saw the Titans pull off the upset of the weekend. Serb, what was uh, what was your main takeaway from that game in Baltimore Saturday? My main takeaway was uh, don't sleep on the Tennessee Titans. I've seen them two weeks. I saw them go into Foxborough and beat Belichick and Brady and then uh, run Derrick Henry down the uh, Ravens' throats when nobody expected that. So, uh, and Tannehill is playing the perfect game manager role, not even thrown for 100 yards in either playoff game. And Dean Pease is all of a sudden the best defensive coordinator in football. So... Love what Mike Vrabel's doing. He's uh, he's showing that uh, Belichick coaching prodigies, uh, even though he didn't wasn't an assistant with Belichick. He's uh, he's changing the narrative there. So uh, I wouldn't sleep on the Titans going into Kansas City. They kind of remind me of those Jets teams from you know 2009 2010 with Rex, where they they leaned on the running game, they leaned on a great great defense, and they asked Mark Sanchez to just not screw it up, make one or two plays in a game and don't turn it over, and that was their formula to go out and win road games in the playoffs, and Tennessee kind of looks the same way. Do you, do you see a similarity? Last week, Mike Tannenbaum, who was Rex's GM at the time, uh, told me, don't be surprised if the Titans win this game. Uh, and for that reason, I took the Titans with the points, so thank you, Mr. Tannenbaum. But, uh, yeah, there, there definitely are similarities. Uh, uh, Tannehill, of course, uh, replaced Mariota, after week six, when the Titans were two and four and 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 just sparked the entire turnaround. But now, now you see Derrick Henry, this 6'3, 247 pound beast, uh, looking like uh, the modern day Jim Brown or or Jerome the Bus Bettis. And uh, that's going to be the key for the Titans. They've got to control the ball, Super Bowl 25 game plan. When uh, the Giants upset the uh, high-powered Bills, keep Patrick Mahomes and those explosive Chiefs on the sidelines. That's their best chance to win. Yeah, I was in Kansas City for Chiefs-Texans, and it was just amazing how quickly the Chiefs can score. Like They they had seven touchdown drives in a row. None of the drives were longer than four minutes. It was like 355 was the longest drive. They just fly down the field. Yeah. So, you know, to me, the, the, this matchup is, you know, who's going to take away what the other team does well and can the other team adjust? Can the Chiefs slow down Derrick Henry and make Ryan Tannehill beat them? Can the Titans 
slow down Patrick Mahomes and this high flying offense and make them run the ball a little bit? And then can the Chiefs or Titans adjust to that and, and, and accomplish that? Is, is that kind of how you see this too? Well, yeah, the Chiefs, uh, they're not going to, I don't think they're going to bother running the ball. They're, they're going to, they're going to want Patrick, Mah- the ball in Mahomes hands as often as possible. And, and they're not going to be able to run on the uh, Titans anyway. And they're not going to be able to score 51 points on the Titans. Um, and I also don't think uh, Mike Vrabel is going to make the kind of decision that Bill O'Brien made, um, which uh, uh, which has uh, Texans Nation in an uproar. Uh, that fake punt from the, what was it, the 31? Yeah, I wrote about, that was what I wrote off the game because it was just unbelievable to me. And then the series before, he decided to kick a field goal on fourth and one at the 13-yard line, the Chiefs 13. So after the game, you know, he's saying, well, we knew we had to score a lot of points. We didn't want to punt a lot in this game. So I asked him, you know, well, then why did you kick a field goal? If you had to score a lot of points, why not go for the touchdown? There was fourth and inches at the 13. And he said, well, he he didn't have a play he really liked on fourth down, which was just a stupefying answer to me. Uh, I can only imagine if one of the coaches in New York tried to say that it, it would be They'd be roasted for weeks here. Oh, come on. No no head coach in New York would ever make a foolish decision. What are you kidding? <laughs> true, true. Joe, Joe Judge hasn't made a bad one yet. That's right. Hasn't lost the game yet. I didn't have a problem with O'Brien going for the field goal, by the way, uh, to make it 24 nothing. Well, here's the thing. If you go for the field goal, you can't then turn around and go for the fake punt. It's one of yeah, the like, – yeah. if you're going to play this conservatively and, and take the points, then you got to punt from your own 31-yard line. You can't turn around and tell me, well – we, we had to fake the punt because we got to score a lot of points. Well, then you go for the touchdown instead of the field goal. Yeah, right. And you also have to keep in mind that uh, you don't want to give the you don't want to risk giving the ball to Patrick Mahomes deep in your own territory. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to give Patrick Mahomes the ball anywhere, especially not at the thirty yard line. I mean, I thought, I just thought, you know, that was just crazy to me. And Bill O'Brien, the Texans are a weird team. They they always get to the playoffs and they always have a bad loss in the playoffs. So I don't know how how long. They'll stick with him, and he also went all in this year. Remember, he, he you know he, he got Brian Gain fired as a GM, and then took over, and he made a lot of moves, traded a lot of draft picks to get people in the building, Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills, and a few other guys that that you know to go for it this year. So uh, it's going to be interesting what happens there. And old uh, Jets and Giants assistant coach Romeo Cornell. He might be the fall guy after giving up fifty-one points there. Well, apparently uh, O'Brien, for what it's worth, said that. Cronell, he expects Cronell back. So we'll see. I mean, Cronell's yeah, 70, 73 years old. Game. We'll see. Yeah, Doug Peterson said he expected Mike Groh back too. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, yeah. we'll see what happens. Uh, what are your, what's your initial thought on the the NFC game, the, the Packers and the 49ers? You'll be out there in uh, Santa Clara covering that game. What's your, what's your early read on that game? Packers uh, better uh, max protect. That 49ers defensive line is as good as it gets. Nick Bosa's made a tremendous difference. Now, the X factor in my mind is this is the biggest game of Jimmy Garoppolo or Jimmy GQ's life. Um, And the Packers have a pass rush, finally, with uh, the Smith brothers, Darius and Preston, who are not related. But, um, you, you know, Aaron Rodgers can win the game. There's no doubt in my mind that uh, as talented and as hungry as he is, uh, he's capable of carrying the Packers. But 
I, I do like the 49ers because of their, their just fearsome pass rush. And I think Rodgers will challenge Richard Sherman, but that's not necessarily a good idea. Um, I, the 49ers are rested. They're, they've only obviously uh, – I, I like the 49ers because I, I don't think um, Rodgers will be able to – to do what he did against the Seahawks who couldn't pressure him enough. The 49ers will pressure him a lot more. I, I'm leaning towards the Packers just because I think they're a little more um, experienced in this situation. I kind of like teams that have, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers makes a huge difference. The 49ers feel like a team to me that's maybe a year away from winning a Super Bowl. Like they, they, they almost need to get to the playoffs and lose and, and kind of learn what playoff football is like before they, they take that next step. I, I'd be surprised if they go out there and, and can dominate the Packers. I, I, the Vikings just didn't look like they had anything against them the other day. But you're right. The pass rush for the 49ers is impressive. And the way John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan has built that team has been really something to watch because uh, the Jets played there in 2016 at the end of the year, and that team was a disaster. Like, they were a mess. And the Jets even beat them with Bryce Petty that day. Um, and, and they've just rebuilt the team. You know, they, they really did a great job, and they, it started with that defensive line and the offensive line, and, and they've done a really nice job there. Um, and adding a veteran like Richard Sherman was a great move. But to me, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to get it done Sunday. Well, the problem for me uh, with Rodgers, another, another problem is he's got Devontae Adams, who obviously is one of the top five receivers in football. But beyond that, uh, there's no real number two receiver. They've got Lazard and they've got uh, MVS and they've got uh, Allison and they've got Jimmy Graham, the tight end, and they can throw the ball to Aaron Jones, who's a tremendous player. Matt LaFleur needs a number two receiver, a reliable, dependable number two receiver for Aaron Rodgers opposite Devontae Adams, and he doesn't have that, and that, that, that'll that be trouble. So we got your pick for the NFC game. You're at the 49ers. Who do you see winning the AFC championship? Uh, it's, it's hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes and that uh, what I call that raging red army at Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, I just... As much as the uh, as I like love the Titans and I love what they're doing and love all these wild card teams uh, that get this far, I just don't think they'll be able to control the clock and uh, ram D- Derrick Henry down the Chiefs' throats uh, the way that they have been so far. Uh, I just don't think they're explosive enough to keep up with Mahomes. So I'm going with with Mahomes and the Chiefs. All right, sir. Well, enjoy the game out in San Francisco, and we'll talk to you uh, to preview the Super Bowl. You got it. Thanks, Kaz. Now we're joined by Kadri Ismail, co-host of the Purple Pregame and Postgame on WJZ-TV down in Baltimore. You can follow him on Twitter, at Kadri Ismail. Well, here's the simple question. What the heck happened to the Ravens on Saturday night? <laughs> the simple answer is they got beat. Um, I think the more complex answer is that they were in a position where they got the number one seed, I think 20 days off for certain guys and not really playing a game, a meaningful game, the last week of the season. And uh, the way they kind of went into the first portion of the game against the Titans, um, it just seemed to me that, you know, this was a team that uh, didn't get it done when it came to certain key players uh, making the plays that were required to make 
for them to uh, advance to the AFC Championship. And uh, kudos to a Mike Grable team that was very prepared. And um, I think the fact that they had to, you know, kind of uh, claw their way into the playoffs really put them in a position where they were the better team, and they just it just showed it. They played the game that they needed to play, and the Ravens did not. Yeah, I thought from the very beginning, it, it looked like trouble for the Ravens because I cover the Jets normally, Kadri. So I, I saw the Jets-Ravens game in December and watched some of their other games. And they had come out with such like shock and awe within some of those games where it looked like teams were on their heels, just taken aback by the speed of the Ravens offense. And the Titans didn't look phased. Uh, and the, you know, the interception kind of changed things on that first drive. Um, were you thinking, you know, that the, the Ravens probably weren't a team that, that would be good playing from behind like that? So I, I think um, when they came out, I thought that uh, you could see the intensity. Uh, heck, Marcus Peters had the one open field tackle, and it was like, all right, game on. Everybody's focused. Everybody's ready. When the Ravens' offense came out, uh, it was good. They were marching down the field. With the interception, I thought, to Mark Andrews, you know, the deep over route, um, I thought that Mark really did a great job of kind of finding the hole in the defense. Uh, you know, when you look at Lamar Jackson, his ability to find the, the open guy going through his progression and, and just the accuracy, what we've seen all year long and what's going to make him the, the league MVP, um, it was just, it was right there. I was like, all right, great. And unfortunately, he, you know, the ball tailed on him. And it gets picked off by Barrett, and I think that um, that kind of tailspinned into a game in which they didn't run the ball, but it was like, okay, we got to play catch up. And every time they would go for it on fourth down, you know, they were eight for eight during the year. Uh, they were over, you know, during this game, and it just gave the Titans that extra momentum, and they just kept building upon it. And that's where I think it just it tailspinned into. You know, uh, a game in which the Ravens weren't accustomed to playing, only putting up 12 points where they were just accustomed to going down the field and score and just scoring in bunches, and they just weren't able to get it done. So I guess, Kadri, where do the Ravens go from here? What's kind of the feeling in Baltimore right now after such a great season but a disappointing ending? Well, I know this. Um, from a city and town, just the overall feeling, you know, the mood is a somber mood, and you know, I mean, life goes on, obviously, but I think for what people saw as far as the 12-game uh, winning streak and, and just the way in which they were able to just, you know, gain the number one seed, I think that, uh, you know, people are are excited for the future, yet at the same time, I, I think there's a lot of, okay, we got to kind of, you know, snap out of this feeling of, you know, people making their, their arrangements to go down to Miami. Now it's, it's Everything is kind of paused and put on hold. And um, I think from a team aspect of thing, now it turns to the off season, and now it's answering questions about what needs to be done to be a better team. So you don't have a situation where you have the number one seed or you locked up your, your spot in the playoffs and you're one and done again. So I think, you know, now it's, it's, it's figuring out your free agents, figuring out, you know, who you want to keep on your team. Obviously, there's 12 guys that made the Pro Bowl for the Ravens. So they're going to obviously gear up and, and get their minds right to uh, go to uh, Orlando and, and check out, you know, what needs to be done as far as 
uh, representing themselves as a, a Raven. When, when you look at this offseason, is there anything you point to that the Ravens need to address? I mean, they had a great season, and they have a very talented roster, as you just mentioned, all the Pro Bowlers. But is there a hole you see on this team? You know, I think um, what started off as, okay, you know, we, we'll let C.J. Mosley go, and obviously he went to the Jets and all that. Um, we'll, you know, bring in uh, Patrick Owasso, um, in the middle linebacker spot, that didn't work out. I thought, you know, they really struggled at linebacker. They had Josh Bynes come in literally off the street, and uh, he played, you know, some really strong football. It'll be interesting to see. I think they should bring him back, but I, I know they're going to have to address linebacker. Um, you know, the absence of uh, Terrell Suggs, who really did an amazing job of setting the edge all those years and, and providing just a much-needed, you know, just presence. Um, on that edge and allow for the defense to be successful, that's going to you know, be needed to address because you had Zarius Smith who, you know, I thought, you know, just had an amazing uh, year for the Packers, um, but they had to let him go for, um, you know, not, not being able to compete and keep him as a free agent. And obviously he's going to be playing an NFC championship game. Um, and I just think that that's the glaring need right there, you know, that, that edge setter slash, you know, guy on the outside. Uh, it'll be interesting, you know, what they do as far as taking care of their own and Matt Judon. Uh, Matthew Judon is, uh, you know, their guy who's a leading sack getter. Uh, he just played, you know, I think some really strong, solid football the entire year, although he was somewhat absent in the, you know, the uh, playoff game. Uh, maybe he'll, you know, hurt his leverage somewhat, but I think that uh, that's, that's a guy that I would target to get back. Um, they locked up Marcus Peters. It'll be, you know, be kind of interesting to see what they do with uh, Jimmy Smith, whether or not they keep him or let him go. Um, and there's just some other guys that, you know, I think will be, you know, cap casualties and, you know, just kind of be resetting the deck defensively. And, and um, um, you know, I think uh, offensively, um, you can always just, you know, draft a running back, draft a receiver, see who, you know, might be a guy that you would, you know, look to get. But uh, I'm curious. I'm curious to see, you know, what they do offensively because I thought Eric Acosta, what he did um, for, you know, this team was different than what Ozzy did. He really went after, you know, the offensive side of the football and uh, putting guys around Lamar, and I think it worked um, extremely well. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what they do as far as uh, kind of putting the pieces back together defensively and then obviously continue to add pieces offensively. Do you think the Titans can keep it going um, against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes this week? You know, it, it, it's so weird because I thought, you know, when they, they played against um, the Patriots, there was such a low-scoring game and it just played right to their hands. And when they played against the Ravens, they did a good job of playing their game and not allowing the big mistakes for them. Like Derrick Henry is a monster, and, and and clearly he's done something that no one, no other running back has done in NFL history as far as well. I I wonder if he can do and and and, and replicate that performance for a fourth time. You know, what three straight games where he's had over a hundred. 80 yards of rushing, obviously two are in the playoffs, so I'm curious to see if he can do it a four straight time. I'm curious to see just how his um, his quarterback in Ryan Tannehill can be with, you know, when it calls for him to make plays. He did it against the Ravens, 
And I just think the Chiefs, you know, they're vulnerable, but yet at the same time, they're quick enough to put up 51 points, even though, you know, you can get down, um, you know, 21, 24 points, and yet at the same time rattle off, you know, 41 straight points and, and just, you know, dominate a, a performance. So, thinking the scoring contest, I, I just don't see the Titans doing it. But at the same time, if they can force mistakes and, and play really, you know, strong, stout defense, uh, keep it a close game, I think absolutely Derrick Henry can uh, make life difficult. And as long as Ryan Tannehill stays within his own and not try to do anything crazy, I think that uh, they'll be in a great position to uh, – you know, to get the upset in advance of the Super Bowl. All right, Kaji. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to join us today. You can follow Kaji at Kaji Ishmael on Twitter, and he's uh, you can see him in, if you're down in Baltimore on WJZ TV. Thanks a lot, and hopefully we'll talk to you again down the road. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys having me on. And we're back on Gangs All here now with special guest A.J. Hawk, the former linebacker Super Bowl champion. You can catch him on Sirius XM NFL Radio, Fine Nation, the Hawkeyes, he is everywhere, and his team is back and better than ever. The Green Bay Packers are going to the NFC Championship. AJ and Aaron Rodgers, you just cannot be surprised anymore with this guy. No, I mean, I I saw it up close and personal for nine years, so I know how special he is. And I feel like, uh, I mean, with their game you know, against the Seahawks, they jump out that early lead, and then Seattle makes the game. But, you know, when you needed to throw the most, when you needed to convert those big third downs, Aaron comes up with these throws that not many people can make, especially being under pressure at times, too. And I think his wideouts and, and uh, Jimmy Graham stepped up with, as well, too. They made some big catches and made them look easy when they weren't easy at all. So I think it was, a, it was a typical Green Bay game for kind of how their season has gone this year. You know, they just seem to find a way to win. Yeah, and I was going to ask that. Every game they seem to squeak by, and yeah, they're the two seed. Yeah, they won 13 games, but haven't had a lot of convincing wins. Does that worry, worry you here going against Bosa and that incredible 49ers front and their defense? Well, I mean, I think however you've been playing as an offense, as a team, you know, facing the, the Niners and all the weapons they have and how well they're they played how much pressure they can get on the quarterback. Yeah, that's got to worry you. If you're the if you're Matt LaFleur, offensive coordinator, whoever there in Green Bay, you got to kind of keep you up at night trying to think, all right, what are we going to do? What kind of quick game can we do? What can, what can we do to keep Aaron upright and have him buy some time and complete some of those huge daggers down the field? Um, but, yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I think it's good. There's, there's no right or wrong way to get into the playoffs and to make a run for the Super Bowl. I mean, the year that we went and won the Super Bowl, we squeaked into the playoffs and we won three road games. So you, you never really know. It just depends on whoever's kind of peaking at the right time. I mean, look at what happened to the Baltimore Ravens and the, and the Tennessee Titans. The Titans squeak into the playoffs, and now they're in the AFC Championship game. It all is like the regular season just sets up where you're going to be in the playoffs. Then it's almost like it resets, and whoever is playing their best football at that time, late in the year, those are the guys that are going to have a chance to win it all. You announced your retirement on a podcast three years ago. So can we announce your return three years later and come on this Packers team, suit up, and play in the NFC Championship? <laughs> uh, they don't need me. I'm not Marshawn Lynch. You know, I, I heard, uh, I've heard guys talk about, they say, oh, yeah, well, you know, like I retired, and then after I had like six months or a year off, my body felt so good, I really wanted to get back into it. And I'm like, no, man, like, I feel worse now than I did when I was playing. Like, I, and I work out every day of my life. So, no, I couldn't. I couldn't run. It's not about the recovery thing. I, I got to figure out how to run and stop and start again. That, that's not my thing right now. I'm more of like the 
the old man in the basement doing versa climber elliptical bench press pull-up workout guy right now and then on the side of that you have your office with your little headset to do podcasts and uh the radio show so you have the the man cave down there ready to go no time back on the football field but you played alongside Aaron Rodgers like you said you won a Super Bowl with this guy everyone knows he's kind of got this like cocky persona you know he walks the walk he talks the talk uh what is it like playing with him and kind of the personality that goes along with Aaron Rodgers I mean I think it's his personality is perfect to be, you know, one of the best quarterbacks on the planet. I mean, if you're a quarterback, think about it. Like having just confidence in every single throw and feeling like, yeah, I can make that throw happen. That's just gigantic. I can't imagine how difficult it is. I mean, I played, I played offense my whole life growing up and all through high school. And I was always a tailback and then backup quarterback. And when they would throw me in the game at quarterback, if the starter got hurt, which was my, my older brother, or if they put me in, in garbage time, like I was like, man, this is happening so fast. How do you want me to make all these reads right now? And it, it's not something that I had been doing my whole life. I always played tailback, but I cannot imagine what it's like to play quarterback in the NFL. Like it's just so difficult. It's the hardest position in all of pro sports, I think. And how he makes it look easy sometimes is crazy to me. But I mean, every elite performer, every elite quarterback in the NFL, they are ultra competitive. They want to win at everything, and they have a supreme confidence in themselves. Some people, I guess, it it shows in different ways. But Aaron, I think how he is, how he carries himself, how guys on the team respect him and like him, I mean, it trickles down through everybody, through the coaching staff, through the players, the trainers. Everybody feels his confidence. And they're like, hey, we got a chance. Like, we're never out of a game. We feel like going into every single game that we can win. Like, we, You don't go into games hoping to win when you have Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback. Like, you go in knowing – that you should win. If you're a defensive guy, you're like, all right, let's just don't mess this thing up. Let's try to give him a couple extra possessions. Let's try to create some negative yardage plays, set up field position for him, and just do what we can. And, and you know Aaron's going to, to have a heck of a game no matter what it seems like. And he, he's got a, a tough test ahead of him with San Francisco. And we'll see. I, I think the key, obviously, will be how that offensive line for Green Bay holds up. And I think they've played pretty well all year, rushing in, how they pass block. But it's uh it's going to be an animal trying to to block that front for for San Francisco and obviously they have a great uh, secondary as well so it's going to be a tough day offensively but you never you can never count Aaron out I mean he's so good so are, are you picking the Packers it's incredible because Vegas has them as seven and a half point underdogs so they're kind of showing them a little bit of disrespect I know it's in San Francisco and the home team gets three points but that's a big number uh do you have a pick ready for this game I mean I haven't really thought about it too much but yeah like I just obviously I'm super biased I mean I sat next to Aaron in our team meetings for nine straight years and I still talk to him and around him a lot and I know how good he is so I just have a hard time picking against him and I understand being in the broadcasting world it's not good to be biased like that but I have to, I'm honest like I, I don't I have a hard time picking against him especially when you have a guy like Aaron Jones and you have the Smith brothers on the outside defensively wreaking havoc it seems like every single play I, I think they're going to try to get after Jimmy Garoppolo and, and try to force him into some bad decisions uh, so yeah I mean if I had to pick right now on what is it Monday and the game Sunday night yeah I'm, I'm going Green Bay right now I don't think that's going to change and and I don't think it being on the road uh, is going to have a huge impact either. I think the weather may help Green Bay. I mean, I, sure, they can play in the cold, but you know what? Aaron's from California. He, he loves having some nice weather. The rest of those guys do too. So I think they're a fast team, and they can make some plays out there. 
and it's going to be intriguing because you're, you know, it's a biased pick, but it's not a terrible one because it's the experienced quarterback and the experienced team versus the young team that hasn't been there. So you kind of like to take the veteran, the team that's been there before. The 49ers might just be a year away. Uh, so that's going to be intriguing. And as a football guy yourself, you got to be salivating at the thought of Pat Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl in Miami, in South Beach. Yeah, I would imagine the networks wouldn't be too upset with that either. Who's who's got it? Fox has the Super Bowl this year, is that right? Yeah. Troy and Joe, I think. Yep. Uh, I would imagine they wouldn't. I mean, any matchup you get is going to be amazing. There's so many different storylines involved. But, yeah, it's, it's a fun time. I think both in the NFL and college football, we're spoiled right now with the, the quarterback play that we get to see. I mean, the, the year Ryan Tannehill has had is amazing tonight, the national championship. Uh, Trevor, Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow going – going back and forth at each other is like it's not normal like how good these guys are like it's not normal like there's these guys are so good and they especially like the consistency that Joe Burrow has had and you watch what the guy like Aaron Rodgers has done over his career it's just it's just special like every time they, like in the game uh, against the Seahawks what were they nine over 11 or something on third down conversions like every time they need it he's putting the ball in a tiny window with pressure in his face and guys are making good catches. So it's really a fun time to, to watch football. And, yeah, it makes me think of that the Chiefs or the Chiefs game. When they were really down, 21 nothing or whatever, we had the game on. We're 24, just, yeah. 24, yeah. And I, even my wife is a, a very casual fan. She sees it. She's like, oh, there's tons of time. The Chiefs are still going to come back and figure it out. And all of a sudden, they take a lead into halftime. So, yeah, it's a, it's a fun time to, to watch offensive football. Your wife is a, now a football expert. She's going to take Booger McFarlane's role uh, as the analyst on <laughs> ESPN. Uh, last one before I let you go. Mike McCarthy, your old coach, going to the Cowboys. Is that a match made in heaven there in Dallas? Yeah, the more I think about it, I, I wasn't really thinking of the Dallas job uh, for McCarthy when he started out interviewing uh, all over the place. I, I knew he'd get a job. I didn't know if Dallas would be the one. I mean, partly because of all the back and forth with Jason Garrett and how they kept meeting with him and he wasn't fired and then they're going to let his contract expire. Like, I don't really understand what happened there. But I could see McCarthy and Jerry Jones hitting it off from the jump. The second he touched out, I bet McCarthy and Jerry really got along well. And McCarthy is very eager to get back into it. Anyone that saw that piece they did on McCarthy and what he's been doing this past year with his group of coaches getting together and studying all the latest trends and doing everything like he can't wait to get back into coaching he loves ball he loves competing and he loves his guys so I think the good thing for McCarthy too is there's a lot of talent on that Dallas team like talent's never really been an issue and you have a, a young stud quarterback in Dak Prescott and then you have Zeke to hand the ball off to and an offensive line that went healthy are, are really really good so he has a ton of weapons I hope Randall Cobb signs back there I think Randall would love to uh Randall had a good year this year. It'll be fun for him to get reunited with McCarthy if he doesn't indeed sign back with Dallas. But I think it's going to be a good fit. I really do. I think McCarthy's going to enjoy all of like the the craziness that surrounds Dallas and how big everything is and how Jerry takes everything over the top. I think McCarthy will get a kick out of it. I think he's going to have a fun time. A.J. Hawk, he's a Super Bowl champion. He's a host on Fight Nation and NFL Radio with Sirius XM Radio, and you can catch him on the Hawkcast. And follow him on Twitter, at OfficialAJHawk. Looking forward to the games, man. Looking forward to see if A-Rod could get back to the promised land and appreciate you coming on the podcast. No, no problem. Thank you. You play to win the game. That will do it for this episode of Gangs All Here with the New York Post. Thanks to our producer, Jake Brown, for making the show happen every week. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any of your preferred podcast platforms. 
You can find more Jets news by signing up for our daily New York Post sports newsletter and by visiting nypost.com. See you next Monday after the AFC and NFC Championship games. We'll be right back.